Hey guys, and welcome back to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. I'm Dave, and sitting across from me in the studio is Graham. What's up, guys? On today's episode, we're jumping straight into an interview recently recorded by Bitcoin Magazine writer Vlad Kostia. And for those of you who might not know Vlad, he's based out of Central Europe, and he's been studying and writing about Bitcoin for quite a while. Vlad's interview is with Dr. Maxim Orlovsky, a neuroscientist turned Bitcoin researcher, engineer, and entrepreneur. And he just recently published a concept for a new second-layer Bitcoin protocol called STORM. It's still pretty fresh, but the idea is that STORM will use incentive mechanisms to create a file-storing protocol on top of the Lightning Network. We've attached the GitHub post for STORM in our show notes. Without further ado, here's Vlad's interview with Dr. Maxim Orlovsky on the STORM protocol. Hello, and welcome to this Bitcoin Magazine interview. I am Vlad, and my guest today is Dr. Maxim Orlovsky, who right now is working on a very interesting proposal, which is called STORM. And it's basically a system or a protocol on layer two, or maybe layer three, something in between them, that's supposed to work for messaging and for file storage. They have released their GitHub repository, which can be checked, and it's github.com slash storm dash org. And it's a very interesting proposal, and I'm happy that I get to talk to Mr. Orlovsky. So hello. Hello. Thank you very much for the interest to the proposal that we've made. I will be happy to discuss and describe you in details and answer your questions. I'm really happy that I get to talk to a developer of an interesting project. And I know that, I think it was yesterday that your proposal was sent to the Bitcoin dev mailing list. Yes, correct. And uh, it was published there. And uh, I'm very glad that uh, this happened because uh, I instantly started receiving a very uh, deep analysis and proposals from other members uh, of community. It was not coming only from Bitcoin dev mail list, but I assume that many people read it there and start writing me in Twitter or over the private channels. Uh, and also a very well-known developer of uh, Lightning Protocol, he, uh, he's anonymous, he, he's using these uh, letters like Z and uh, M, and uh, I, I just can't pronounce them, but he's quite well-known uh, in the community, he has done a very deep analysis of the protocol. He has found a few potential improvements. And there is certainly uh, a lot of work still ahead uh, in order to make it uh, more mature and more ready for being implemented into some production type systems. So it's very early stage. And, uh, well, basically, I'm probably coming to the next question of the history of how we came to this idea. Uh, so is it okay to continue into that direction or I will come to that later? Yes, uh, that will be definitely one of the topics. But first of all, I'm curious to know what kind of feedback you got from the Bitcoin developers. Yeah, well, it was uh, mainly... Uh, uh, excitement that finally <laughs> the most famous uh, cases for shitcoins uh, that were 
brought by advocates of uh, different coins, additional coins, uh, as we can't do that on top of Bitcoin. That's why we need to issue this new kind of money, type of money, or do a better Bitcoin because we need to incentivize storage and decentralized messaging. Basically, this uh, case is now can be done on top of Bitcoin. And it's, it's a good news because it demonstrates that Bitcoin is sufficient uh, to implement even quite complex scenarios. And uh, it is not uh, a case that you have to invent new form of money or introduce new shitcoin and do an ICO in order to uh, create a decentralized storage. So there was a lot of reaction in this regard in uh, Bitcoin, uh, Reddit, uh, in Twitter, and uh, for sure, there were people who were more technically advanced and they uh, have created a number of issues on GitHub and uh, this analysis from Bitcoin uh, uh, participant is very uh, also promising because uh, we have discovered a number of issues with the proposal and there is already a proposal how to resolve those issues. So it's actually community had uh, had taken this idea and started to develop it further. Okay, so if you were to explain to a newbie what Storm is, how would you describe it? Uh, the Storm is the way how you can do uh, trustless storage of your data outside of your own computer. So, for instance, if you have something to keep for a long term, today what do you do? You can do you can do you can upload it to some cloud storage provider, to Google Drive, to Box, to Dropbox, to many different kind of services, and this uh, all of these services are centralized. And the question: How you can keep your data safe, not being relying on some centralized storage provider, or how you can distribute your data across the network uh, and not being blocked by, um, for instance, because of some censorship from internet service provider or because of censorship coming from the cloud storage providers. That is the problem that uh, community and people try to address for many years. And we remember BitTorrent and projects before that for building storage in P2P networks. Uh, the storm is an attempt to merge ideas of Bitcoin, BitTorrent protocol with Bitcoin payments. So for instance, we have BitTorrent and we have IPFS, that type of systems that enable the trustless decentralized storage. However, uh, we are unable to guarantee that the data will be kept in the future. So basically, at some point of time, you can find out that the file is missed, you can't download it anymore, there is no seeders, uh, and uh, IPFS doesn't provide you with the data, or torrent network doesn't provide you with the data anymore. And in, in, there is no way you can guarantee uh, this delivery of your data in the future. Uh, the storm actually solves this problem. Because it creates escrowed contracts, basically it looks, it works and looks like a payment, another type of payment channels. Uh, payment channel is uh, the technology upon which Lightning Network is based. So it's another way of 
constructing payment channels like Lightning Networks. And these payment channels provide you with the escrows and guarantees that the contract conditions, like keeping the data uh, safe and stored in a trustless decentralized network or delivering the data, will be fulfilled. If these conditions wouldn't be fulfilled, there will be uh, economical penalties uh, which can't be avoided. That is fascinating, but I know that at the peak of the ICO bubble, there were so many projects like Filecoin or whatever, and even Tron promises to incentivize peer-to-peer transfers with their acquirement of BitTorrent, the company. So why do you think this is better on Lightning and why, why do you think it will work eventually? Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure that it will work. Everything can fail and there could be a major issues that will be discovered in the future preventing this protocol from being implemented. As well as, uh, as, well as we are not sure that Bitcoin will, uh, will not be hacked for the next 10 years or something. But there is a lot of trust uh, in this because many people are working on Bitcoin and Lightning Network technology and it has been proven for at least 10 years to be working and to be resilient to external attacks. Unfortunately, today there is no other economical system, no other monetary system, no other form of programmable digital money that has shown this level of resilience, censorship resistance, and uh, that decentralization properties and not dependence on some particular persons or companies and so on. We even heard that on a recent Congress hearings that there is a Bitcoin and shitcoin. It's like it's shitcoins. It's like a official uh, statement. And uh, Congress has stated that basically Bitcoin has proven itself to be resilient to different types of attacks from companies trying to put their commercial interest into driving a Bitcoin protocol that way or other. It is resilient to that, into hacker attacks, uh, into negative PR and the rest. So basically, Bitcoin is programmable money. And if you would like to incentivize data storage or uh, decentralized messaging, you need programmable money. So what is the reason to invent uh, some new form of assets or cheat coins uh, to ask uh, to pay for them, pre-mine them. Uh, and uh, these cheat coins are backed by some company, by some individuals. And it's not the way you can construct in- economical incentivization. It's a good uh, business model for attracting investments or doing something like that. Uh, it could be that in interesting technologies can appear from such experiments, but it's like to serve the problem and to solve the problem of uh, making economical incentives for keeping the data, you need money to do economical incentives, programmable, uh, trustless money, and you need a technology to do this data delivery. It's completely fine with the technology part because IPFS is a great technology and many others are doing a great technological part, but it misses programmable money. It misses economical incentives and attempts to build economical incentives from 
creating new shit coins is just well, it's it's ridiculous. All right. That's so when we speak about file storage and the idea of having your files stored in a protocol that is called Storm, which is decentralized as opposed to cloud storage, what kind of file sizes are we speaking? And are these files going to be stored in everybody's Lightning node? Uh, no, uh, definitely it wouldn't be that they uh, will be stored in Lightning nodes. Lightning nodes and Lightning Network will solve uh, the problem of getting economical uh, incentives and escrowed contracts not being published on-chain by capped inside this channel just to reduce the fees you are paying for getting transactions uh, on-chain. But the actual files will be stored by uh, separate nodes and separate software. And um, Storm is just an economical incentivization layer. So you can add it to different types of storage, existing storage protocols like BitTorrent or IPFS or maybe some else. It just provides you with the guarantees and escrowed contracts, not with the actual data. Of course, uh, with the development of the protocol, I, I assume that community will choose the best uh, of existing storage uh, protocols. Like uh, probably it will be IPFS or maybe some modification of BitTorrent. I don't know yet, and it wouldn't be me who will be uh, making this decision. And uh, it will be a normal evolutional process. And basically, you can store the same type of data and files as you can store with the BitTorrent or with IPFS. You can even split your files into pieces and store uh, them uh, in a redundant way. So you have a couple of storage providers, uh, which gives you another level of uh, resilience for, and safety to the data and guarantees that the data wouldn't be lost. So there, there could be a lot of potential options how we can organize the actual data storage and transfer. That sounds really interesting. And uh, maybe that I overuse the word interesting, but it's useful to have such a protocol if it proves to work. And also the fact that it's built on top of a more robust protocol as opposed to just starting a new blockchain. That's really good. But how do you envision that the node operators will function? Are they going to be just like cloud storage right now? I assume that it's basically anyone will be able to download a necessary software and there will be probably a number of different software implementations. Maybe some of them will be even commercial or not, I don't know. And they will use this software to, to reserve part of their disk space for keeping somebody's data safe. For sure, such providers will need to rely on, to, on their own Bitcoin node and fully validating Bitcoin node in order to provide them with the necessary economical guarantees that the contracts they are signing wouldn't be, uh, would be enforced and published and mined, pro mined properly. And uh, Lightning node uh, as well. And they will provide commercial services of any kind of size. So I assume that even global and large players can be providing such services over the storm, like Amazon, why not? Or uh, a small home-based uh, stations uh, from private individuals, from small medium enterprise, they will be also able to provide a storage 
facilities. They will um, compete on the open market by the price, and it could be that smaller players will be able to offer much lower prices than large players. Because, for instance, if you have a notebook uh, with a or desktop computer with a large disk and you are not utilizing it, why not to sell it? You have uh, zero additional uh, OPEX on top of that. While if you have a big data center like Amazon, you have very significant OPEX. So your prices will be probably higher, much higher than prices from multiple uh, private and small business providers. The other use case which you mentioned for Storm is messaging. And when you say messaging, is it like Signal or WhatsApp? The idea of broadcasting peer-to-peer -peer messages? Uh, no. Uh, Storm solves economical problem of uh, guaranteed message delivery. So, uh, and it doesn't solve any, uh, it doesn't solve all, solve all type of uh, message delivery problems. Because today with the Lightning Network development, you will be able to send somebody a message and pay for this message uh, delivery. So uh, what uh, Storm does, it adds to this uh, particular schema you can use with a Lightning Network, another option. So uh, you can pay somebody to deliver a message to you. So it's not you are paying to deliver a message to somebody, but you are paying to somebody to get some kind of message and data. It can be either a file or some message. So uh, it's not about uh, privacy or encryption of this message. You can use any encryption tools or privacy tools on top of that. It's not about data distribution channels. Again, you can use any existing protocol for delivering them these messages. It is about providing guarantees that if you pay, you will be delivered with this data. If you wouldn't be delivered with this data, you will not lose your money and probably you, probably you will even get some insurance, uh, monetary insurance in form of a stake from the provider that promised you to perform this delivery and didn't deliver it. So Storm is a layer of economical guarantees and incentivization. It's not layer of uh, data encryption or data um, delivery channels. So now tell me about the team behind Storm, how many developers have worked on it, and also where does the idea come from originally? Uh, I will probably start with the second part. Uh, the idea of a Storm was discussed for, not idea for a Storm, but idea of uh, incentivizing and uh, guaranteeing message delivery with some form of escrow contracts, uh, payment channels, or HTLC type contracts, which are used in Lightning networks, has been discussed inside Bitcoin community for a very long time. In particular, my initial talks on that was, uh, it was a Giacomo Zucco who said to me that uh, we can utilize Lightning and HTLC smart contracts to build such a system and it will be nice to think about that and it was two years ago or probably even more and uh, since that time my uh, project and my company which is named Pandora Core, Core we are located in uh, Switzerland we uh, we are working on building a 
decentralized trustless computing on top of Bitcoin and Lightning Network. And of course, uh, of course, having a guaranteed data delivery is critical for the computing. So we have started looking into this problem as well. Uh, the technology that we've been developed, uh, de developing called Prometheus, uh, it utilizes this quite advanced uh, cryptographic uh, zero-knowledge uh, things like probabilistic checkable proofs. And uh, basing on this experience, uh, some time ago we had this idea, I actually had this idea of uh, combining probabilistic checkable proofs with HTLC contracts uh, that this combination can unlock the uh, possibility to uh, prove that you've been delivered with the data and to link together the fact of data delivery and payment in an atomic way. So if you are not delivered the data, uh, you are not paying. If you was delivered the data, there is no way for you to escape the payment. So basically, these two cornerstones of zero-knowledge uh, probabilistic checkable proofs and HTLC contracts is the technological combination that uh, enables a storm. I've, came, uh, I've come with this idea to initially to Giacomo. We discussed a lot and he proposed a couple of uh, um, directions in which the protocol has to be improved and after that we worked on that uh, with a uh, in bitcoin team in bitcoin valley it's a area in northern italy uh, it's actually trento area uh, where uh, they have a lot of businesses using uh, bitcoin payments and lightning network payments uh, normal businesses like hotels restaurants and so on and in Bitcoin companies leading um, service provider in Bitcoin payments for that area. So I came to them because uh, me, uh, Giacomo Zucca, them, and uh, a number of independent developers are working on RGB and Spectrum protocols, which are uh, an assets on top of Bitcoin and Lightning networks. So we was working on these main protocols and also discussed the idea of uh, message uh, and storage with the economical escrows that we discussed with Giacomo before. They came with a number of different proposals, we reiterated a couple of times, and at the end of the day we received this uh, version of Storm specification that was published to Bitcoin, that mail list, and in GitHub. So it's a kind of uh, inter- uh, intercompany, intercommunity idea that was circulating in the community for some time and uh, um, there is no particular team leading the development of the projects. I was just an originator of idea and Giacomo, Marco and uh, Inbitcoin guys and Federico uh, Tanga from uh, Chainsight uh, in uh, San Remo, they all contributed to the development of this idea and it now is being developed even further with the new people from Bitcoin and Lightning Network community attracted to discuss this uh, over different channels. So it's pretty much like uh, Lightning Networks was born uh, and I assume that there will be a number of independent teams assembling uh, and to join their efforts to create uh, open source implementations of the protocol after the protocol itself will be finalized. So it's not that there is some 
dedicated team of developers uh, under some brand or company is working uh, on doing this technology. Uh, my own company, Pandora Core, it will certainly invest into building uh, the stack of open source programs around Storm, but it will probably happen at some point down the road because right now we are focused on doing the RGB and Spectrum, and after that, we will probably uh, we will probably dedicate some effort on uh, enhancing the speed of Storm development as well. So basically, I think that's, that covers what's history and the way the protocol will be developed in the near, nearest future. Now that I think about it, the first interview that I did for Bitcoin Magazine was with Giacomo Zucco, and he basically spoke about RGB tokens built on top of Layer 2. So now that you mentioned how your teams are connected... Right, yes. It's funny to think how this lightning project and people building on top of it, there's actually a small number of people who are maybe visionaries around this time and they want to test all the use cases that they can. So I'm happy that both the RGB color coins and Storm are around and we have this type of experimentation. Yes, and uh, one of the reasons we were discussing Storm a lot is because uh, with RGB, with the assets, uh, we have this client-side validation paradigm when clients are responsible for keeping their proofs. It, it helps in scalability terms because we are not uh, dependent on the use of Bitcoin blockchain. We are not adding any uh, data to there. The way we put information is by tweaking the public keys without adding a single byte to the transaction. Uh, and it adds a lot of privacy because you can't track uh, not only ownership of shares of some assets, but you can't track even a transactions on them uh, through the Bitcoin blockchain. And it's a very private technology. So this plant side validation is a huge benefit in this regard. But from the other point of view, the client is responsible to keep those data. And it raises this problem of decentralized storage. And RGB, well, we can we certainly will start with some simple schemes for keeping and backupping this data. But uh, later down the road, such projects as RGB or even Lightning Network itself, which needs to keep the track of uh, this toxic historical uh, cryptographic waste, let's call it like that, too, in order to maintain the channel, the same problem will the same problem of storage and safe data delivery with economical guarantees will be faced by most of the layer two and layer three projects. So basically that's why we started thinking about how it can be solved and how we came to the, these ideas of uh, Storm protocol. Yes, and I'm happy that <laughs> there is so much going on with Lightning. It seems like all of this spells bad news for Ethereum and all the other altcoins, which basically tried to do something similar but on the main chain and they did not figure out a proper incentive system and they relied on some kind of shitcoin that nobody wanted and whoever was interested in the technology maybe just waited for it to be implemented on more solid grounds and i guess this is where bitcoin's layer two steps in yeah that's true that's true so what is your background before doing all of this and working on Storm and collaborating with Giacomo Zucco and everything else? What have you been doing in the space or outside it? 
Uh, well, I've been into IT industry since uh, school time. It was I started programming at school with a C and C++ about 25 or even more years ago. And uh, I was very much interested into both computer science and the way the human mind and human brain works. And so when I had to choose which education I will get, I decided to go to medical university to understand human brain first. Uh, so my my background is neuroscience, and I have a PhD in neuroscience topic. But throughout the history of my scientific and uh, my business, I was trying to merge uh, the computer science with the neuroscience and sphere of machine learning, artificial intelligence, and improvement of uh, current technologies to merge and bring closer both humanity and computers for building some post-human future or something like that. So I'm a bit a futurist and looking very much into this direction. And uh, in, uh, 1940, in 2014, it was the year where I was, uh, I get to know about Bitcoin. And uh, that year we decided to establish a Bitcoin foundation in Ukraine, which was uh, actively involved in promotion and explanation of what Bitcoin is, even to governmental bodies. And since that time, I've been uh, quite active in the sphere of Bitcoin. I was uh, attracted for some time by these ideas of uh, Turing complete smart contracts, blockchain uh, in the enterprise, but later, mainly with the help of Giacomo Zucca, uh, whom I know for about three years for now, I understood that basically the cases for blockchain and for uh, Turing complete smart contracts are not that sound. And basically you can do the same stuff in a more proper way, in a business proper way with the just Bitcoin. It is Bitcoin that is important, not blockchain. And basically that's how my attention, uh, we, we started this Pandora uh, project uh, more than two years ago and the goal of the project is to build scalable machine learning and different forms of advanced computing in a decentralized networks and we started playing with ethereum but later we faced but it's actually cancelled for the technological challenges that we we have and we moved uh, completely to be based on bitcoin and lightning work stack with the second generation of our protocols and uh, we was friends with the Giacomo for a long time. And uh, at some point we understood that uh, we need to put an effort into developing more infrastructure-based uh, technologies before implementing full-fledged machine learning or very advanced computing forms on Bitcoin. So we need to uh, create a single-use seals, so the idea of Peter Todd uh, that is used by uh, RGB and Spectrum. We need to develop it further. So we are working on that and we are doing these assets and uh, with the RGB and this another storm which came out of the same human factory uh, that RGB and other protocols. And after this stage, we will move to more closer to our goals with the distributed machine learning. Okay, so your journey with Bitcoin started in 2014. And when I called you a doctor, you're an actual medical doctor. 
And uh, no, no, I am a medical doctor and PhD in neuroscience, so I'm also academical. <laughs> okay. So my question for you is, how does Bitcoin look like from the perspective of somebody who studied medicine and the human brain? Oh, well, I, I, I'm also into computer science, so my, my response wouldn't be probably uh, representative. Uh, Bitcoin looks like a sound money for everybody. It, it doesn't matter which background you have. If you know, if you have spent some time looking into economics and reading Austrian school and so on, you will be just understanding that Bitcoin is a form of money, sound money. And the important property of sound money, which Bitcoin is, is the ability to program that. So it's programmable sound money based on modern computer science, uh, it's a digital model. So I, I think this uh, point of view is not anyhow different from any other point of view that can be outside of medical background. I was just shooting in the dark, hoping that I would get some kind of different answer. As you know, people from different fields come into Bitcoin and they bring their expertise. And to a lot of people, Bitcoin looks like different stuff. Uh, well, I, I, I can say that actually not only medical, but more general biological backgrounds uh, made me easily, um, made it easy for me to understand the concept why it's not the case that we need different blockchains and different forms of digital monies to be competing. It's rather that there will be one single uh, dominant form of sound and digital money. And the reason for that is it's like uh, with the evolution of complex forms of matter like life or modern day technologies, uh, we have a layerization of different levels. And the levels which are of really big importance, they are very conservative and they are singular. So evolution basically converge the uh, all possible options into some single very conservative solution. In terms of biology, you have a DNA and the DNA has the same chemical structure and the same genetic code across all of the species, starting from bacteria up to the humans. It is the same for plants, it is the same for fungi, it is the same for animals, it is the same for ancient uh, bacteria. It is everywhere the same. It is very conservative form at the very bottom layer. And that's why sound money is another conservative form that will be at the bottom layer of many things. The multiplicity and competition will come on the other layers, like layer two and layer three, where there will be multiple projects using different ways of doing different stuff experimenting with that. And we have the same situation with the lightning network and technologies on top of lightning networks. You can, you can use Bitcoin in many different ways for many business cases, but there is no reason for you to invent a new form of DNA. Well, maybe out of scientific interest, it is interesting, but there is no business reason for doing that today. And there is no business reason for inventing new forms of money of digital programmable money 
if you have a conservative proven technology like DNA, which Bitcoin is. So basically that's probably would be the most uh, precise answer on how medical uh, background person can see and perceive Bitcoin. All right, so let's get back on track and talk a little bit about Storm before we end this. If you were to encourage other developers and coders and people who have an expertise in reviewing code, why would they look at Storm and why do you think it's important as a protocol to be deployed in a functional form? Oh, well, uh, I was actually surprised by uh, the amount of reaction I got from the community after publishing that proposal because, because before, that, before that, we had a number of uh, other ideas for different technologies on top of Bitcoin and I never received uh, such a lot of reaction. So it seems that uh, the problem of decentralized storage and messaging is a really important problem. And many different types of projects are blocked from further progress without solving this problem. So probably this, this is why the community reacts and uh, people are got interested into these things. And also everybody is very, uh, very tired of all those unfulfilled promises with uh, new uh, coins. We will do these coins, give us our money and we will uh, build a new shiny technology that will be working and it, it, there is some technological pro, pro progress for, for sure, but it's very early stage experiments which are not delivering to the actual promises that they have. So people are today with this uh, second or not even second, but third rise of Bitcoin from in separation from altcoin in the, uh, in the medium sphere. So people start understanding there is Bitcoin and with ship coins and even at Congress level. So that's why uh, probably one of the first proposals in terms of uh, escrowed uh, economical guaranteed storage on top of Bitcoin got such a lot of interest. Okay, but uh, this was more specific a way for you to basically pitch Storm to other developers who might listen to this podcast and get interested. What did you tell to them in just a few phrases as a way of convincing them to put some work into your project? Uh, Bitcoin is a programmable uh, sound uh, hard money. And uh, to build the economy of the future, we just, we need to rely on the money, but we will also need other type of resources, namely computing, storage, data delivery, transfers, messaging, that's uh, three cornerstones that still have to be solved. And they have to be built the same, uh, at the same censorship resistance level as Bitcoin. And this actually the new frontiers to join. Bitcoin became more, becomes more and more conservative. And it's really hard to contribute something there because it requires very, very advanced uh, skills in cryptography. Uh, with these new frontiers, which is storage, messaging, computing, uh, you can build a new, a lot of stuff, a lot of new stuff. Experiment with that, not being afraid of breaking some core properties of Bitcoin protocol, and uh, you can make a lot of reputation and uh, a lot of 
nice things working in this area. So that's why such things as a storm protocol can be very interesting for uh, those who would like to bring something to table in this Bitcoin community. Okay, so doctor, and by that I mean a real medical doctor, Maxim Orlovsky, this was a pleasure and I'm happy that we got to talk. And I will also write an article about Storm and what you told me that it is and it tries to be. This interview actually will be attached to the article. And I wish you all the best with the protocol. And I hope that sometime in the future, we'll do another interview where you talk about your experiences with the more mature project. Thank you very much for your questions and your time and the interest to what we are doing. The Bitcoin Magazine podcast is a BTC media-produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. Theme music provided by Billy Sly from the Crypto Cantina. Visit BitcoinMagazine.com for more in-depth news, analysis, and resources about the most successful peer-to-peer currency. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin Magazine. Find and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Give us that five-star review. It helps us find new listeners and it helps improve the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time.